Hello, everybody, and welcome to another episode of The Wraparound. I'm here with my two wonderful co-hosts, Grace and Alessia, but they need no introduction. <sighs> yeah. I kind of want one, though. Oh. I know. I was going to say I wanted one. <laughs> oh, Grace, our lovely lady from the Sioux, and Alessia, our lovely lady from Toronto. There, that's all I need to know. <laughs> I feel so special. <laughs> That's all you need to know about this. The Wraparound with Grace, Alessia, and Marjorie. So we're going to start off with some news and we're going to lead it off with a player being re-signed or signing an extension, I guess you can say. And we're going to talk about Jordan Bennington and his new contract with the St. Louis Blues. So he signed a six-year contract extension worth $36 million. And this is a very significant jump from his current AAV of $4.4 million. The contract includes trade protection and a full no-trade clause for the first three years. And so we all know that he won the cup with the Blues, and he's been a pretty good goalie for them in the past years. So... How important was it for the Blues to re-sign Bennington? Well, I think it was pretty crucial for them to sign him because he's set to be a UFA following the 2021 season if he didn't sign. So it was either sign him now or potentially lose him in the offseason. And his numbers like aren't amazing as they were when he won the cup with the Blues. Like That's pretty obvious, but they are still above average. And he did struggle a bit in the playoffs. He finished with a save percentage of 0.851. So I think what they offered him in terms of a contract is pretty good. And I don't think you're going to get any cheaper than that for Jordan Bennington. Like, it's a pretty good contract. Yeah, like, first off, he now he's going to be the 10th highest paid goaltender in the league. A um, little random fact for you. Uh, <laughs> but, like, he, he could have gotten more money. Even though his numbers, like, haven't been great, considering the Blues haven't been too hot either like they're still pretty good um and he if he went to the free agency market he would definitely be the most sought after goaltender on this market so he could have like banked that in for a higher contract but like you can definitely tell that he wanted to be on the team and he didn't want to like milk all the money out of them uh and for the blues though I think like Bennington aside it's important for the blues because it keeps team morale up like they haven't been just abandoned by one of their best goaltenders. So I definitely think that it's good for the Blues in that way. And also, like Alessia said, because Jordan Bennington would be gone in like two seconds. Yeah, overall, a great deal made by, you know, the St. Louis team. And, and it's great for the team, like Grace said, you know, knowing that the goalie actually wants to play for them instead of knowing that he's just patiently waiting to, to leave. But we're going to talk about another goalie who was just traded to the Leafs. This happened a couple of days ago. And so the Toronto Maple Leafs, once again, doing what they do best and trading, trading poor people <laughs> that, that not many of us know about. What an but, analysis. <laughs> but we're going to talk a little bit about him. And the person I'm talking about is Benny Bevelainen. And I made sure to listen to YouTube videos of his name being pronounced. So I knew that it was being pronounced correctly. He was traded 
for Miko Lennon and Vivalainen comes from the Columbus Blue Jackets, so Lennon to the Jackets and then Vivalainen to the Leafs. So he's 24 years old and he made his debut back on March 6th when he came in to relieve Jonas Corposalo and stopped three out of the four shots he faced. So big game for him. And he was selected in the sixth round of the 2018 NHL draft by Columbus and appeared in 33 AHL games during the 2019-2020 season. What do we think about the trade? Who, who do we think won this trade? Which is always, you know, the question that everybody asks. If anybody won this trade, it was Miko Lettinen. <laughs> I'm just saying. Um, we know from the Leafs, there isn't any room on this roster. Yeah. Like, there's no room at all. So he has a better chance of fulfilling his potential um, on a team that can actually let him play. And he is good on the power play. And the Jackets are not. <laughs> so that's a good benefit. Um, and then Vevelinen, he'll go to the AHL immediately, obviously. And the Leafs trade rumor mill is, she's hot right now. She's getting spicy. So who knows where he's <laughs> going to end up, but I feel like it's not going to be long-term on the Leafs. Yeah, we definitely have to see how that pans out because in terms of goalies, I think the Leafs have finally kind of found their stride in terms of, you know, having a pretty good backup in, in Campbell. And so we'll have to see. And speaking of trades... The trade deadline is set, and that will be on April 12th, so not too, not too far from now. And in, our, in these upcoming weeks, we'll have a very, very exciting episode for you. We're going to have another special trade episode. We'll talk about all the you know, biggest trades, all the players who probably didn't get traded, and then maybe people thought they were. Literally, everything trades, that's what the whole show is going to be about, so please stay tuned for that. And so, yeah, like Grace said, we'll have to see what happens with the Toronto Maple Leafs, especially because we all know that they love trading people. That <laughs> <laughs> ah, They just love doing it. And so we'll have to see who the hottest commodities are and, and where they end up. But we're going to quickly move on to our next segment, which is probably my favorite because we get to talk quite a lot. <laughs> and as you all know, we love talking. So we're going to go to our open discussion time. And our first topic for discussion this week are the proposed lottery changes made by Gary Bettman. So I'm going to read them to you guys and then we'll kind of analyze them. So there are three kind of reported alterations that are kind of circulating and, you know, might, you know, come to life. And so the first one being limiting teams to no more than two lottery wins in a five-year period, allowing clubs to jump up only 10 spots, and reducing picks in the lottery from three to two. What do we think? This means nothing to me. (laughs) I like, I was looking at it earlier and I was like, okay, great. Like teams will only be able to jump 10 spots with a lottery win so that's good because we won't have a repeat of last year's scenario with New York jumping over Detroit Um, but also that was entertaining (laughs) so you're gonna take that element of fun away from me I mean that's probably that's probably the only reason why they implemented that rule is because they saw what happened to the Rangers they're like yeah we're not making that happen ever again (laughs) 
when I was reading into it, so the last time that the lottery format was altered was back in 2016. So when they made the top three picks available in the lottery for non-playoff teams instead of just the number one selection, which makes sense. I think that was a smart uh, little adjustment. But like you guys were saying with the New York Rangers, the NHL's last place team has picked first overall just twice in the past nine years. I mean, the argument is, is that you know, bigger teams like the Rangers who have, I guess, the potential or the capacity to bring in big name, big name players through free agency and stuff like that. Do they really need those first overall picks, even if they have a bad season? Because we all know usually those seasons for those bigger teams only last a season, if at all. And so are they really going to implement them? You know, how serious is this? Are they just kind of saying and being like, this is what we're thinking. And then just like, leave it out there in the world for like the next 10 years I don't know I mean we'll have to see what happens especially with Batman you 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 really never know what's going to go on with the NHL in terms of logistical kind of issues and stuff like that and so it'll be exciting to see what happens especially since they were talking about combining this year's draft uh, with next year's and kind of you know not hosting one this year because we, we spoke about this. This is just so different, you know, different issues. As much as there are pros, there are cons as well. So we'll have to wait and see what the news is with the draft lottery and how they're going to host that and how and what team is going to get chosen at the end of the day. Actually, I was looking, um, I was looking online actually today and NBC Sports put out an article basically saying that Bob McKenzie said that the 2021 NHL draft won't be moved. So that possible change that GMs wanted to combine or at least to have the 2021-2022 draft back-to-back, apparently that's likely not going to happen anymore. Darn, I liked that idea so much. Yeah. Did you hear that the the, the OHL might be coming back? Really? Did you hear that? No, tell us more. Uh, there really is nothing more to tell. Oh, um, <laughs> oh okay. It's so there's a there was rumors swirling around a couple weeks ago, and then I don't remember the name. They said that they just have to figure out they have to figure out agreements with all of the province's health Ooh. departments. Yeah. So yeah. the chances of them coming back like soon, like within this season of the podcast, slim pickings, but. There, there are talks, which is really nice because that plays into the whole draft thing too of these younger players having places to play and ways to show off their development. So, Yeah, if, if they do host the draft this year, it's going to be very interesting to see how they scout their players and I guess what kind of tactics they use to kind of predict how a player will perform because we all know that predictions are made based off of their you know, previous season to the draft or, you know, whatever. So interesting news from Grace, (laughs) our insider, our OHL insider, apparently. (laughs) But now we're going to move on to Mr. Evander Kane. And he has been a, I guess, controversial topic to say the least in the last few months regarding his bankruptcy filing can you say that is that right English 
either way, he filed for bankruptcy and things have been not going too well for him back in San Jose. So what are we thinking? Especially after, and we were talking about this before the show, especially after that um, there was talks of them voiding his contract. Um, First off, we should preface this with the fact that gambling addictions are nothing to be made fun of. This is serious for him and his family. And I just think that we need to put that out there. It's real world stuff. A lot of people suffer from gambling addictions. And I, and like I was saying to you two before that when I was younger, I I couldn't understand why gambling addictions are so uh, bad. But as I grew older, I was like, it's bad. (laughs) Serious issue. Um, but also me attempting to figure out this entire situation. I was a blonde woman with all the numbers. <laughs> and we were talking about it before the show. And we probably talked about it for, what, five minutes? Just trying to so. figure it out amongst ourselves. <laughs> but essentially, if the Sharks void... Alessia, you're definitely going to have to help me out with this. If they void his contract, they take away his income and he can like actually declare a higher level of bankruptcy. And then he will be less in debt than he was before. And he might actually come out of it with more money at the end. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Because then he just signed a new he... salary with the Sharks after. Mm-hmm. Yep. Mm-hmm. Did I do that right? Yes. Well, that's correct. Yeah. Yeah. My words worked. <laughs> well, yeah, because so he has $26.8 million in debt and $10.2 million in assets. But then there's $29 million remaining on his pact with the Sharks. We start saying numbers and my head's just like <laughs> math but yeah so basically what grace said so right now um his lawsuit is filed under chapter seven and so by voiding the contract it would then go under chapter 11 do not ask us what either of those what the difference between chapter seven and chapter 11 is because we, we just know that it's worse. No idea. Yes. <laughs> yes. So, um, and so, yeah, basically one situation kind of gives him the help that he desperately needs the other, not so much. I was like in the deepest, darkest depths of Reddit trying to figure this out earlier. It was actually kind of hilarious. I'm like scrolling through all these threads. And I'm like, what does this mean? <laughs> <laughs> and to Google like 10 definitions and I'm like I economics <laughs> I still don't have a complete understanding yeah. of this at all. It's unfortunate to see. Definitely. You took the words right out of my mouth. It's sad because I think everybody kind of um knows how big Evander Kane is uh as a personality, I guess, kind of in the hockey world. I I think a lot of people like talking about him and um you know, he is a great player and he's been playing with the Sharks for a, a, a while now. And so I think we all enjoy watching him play. Um, I can say that when I first saw this come out, I was very, very confused <laughs> and I did not see that coming at all. But it, it was different once I think everybody kind of started seeing why he was filing. And I think people, I guess, kind of started feeling empathetic towards him because filing for bankruptcy is um nothing to really be ashamed about you know it's it's just unfortunate why he had to file and so 
we'll have to see what happens with his contract. We'll have to see what the judge kind of declares in terms of his in terms of his bankruptcy claim. And I think they said that that was going to happen sometime this month. I think a little bit in the upcoming weeks, it has to be. And so depending on what the judge converts the case to, I think the Sharks and Evander Kane will move on from there. We are also so not qualified to talk about this. So if you want like actual like explanation, go to Reddit. They were great. Yes. All we know is what we read and kind (laughs) of just parlay back to you guys. Common sense that chapter 11 is worse than chapter (laughs) 8. If you didn't know that already, <laughs> come on. But yes, and so moving on to a not, I guess, not so serious as this one, but kind of in the sense that funny. Yeah, it's a little, I mean, it's the drama that we always talk about. And I think you guys know by drama, I mean John Tortorella. And it so, has been, what, six weeks of this? Yes, oh, we always talk about torts and you know the tort saga in columbus so we're going to talk about his new saga with patrick line and um what things are looking like over there for mr patrick they're not looking good because <laughs> he, he keeps on he keeps on being benched he's not he's not really playing the way that he was used to playing in winnipeg although he did score six goals and four assists in his first 10 games with the club after that um, he's been pointless in seven games and now he's he's being benched and so it's crazy that it's been 17 games already isn't that insane and that's it, whack it, it feels so much less because it, Pierre-Luc Dubois just started with the team recently but that's because he had to quarantine and everything mm-hmm. but um but yeah let's talk about this Patrick Liney situation do you do we think that he will leave in the summer Oh, that's a good question. That's, I wasn't ready for that really one. That's really hard to say. <laughs> that Do, is really hard to say. Because one thing for me is if he leaves, there are a lot of people who are going to be like, you were weak, you couldn't handle John Tortorella, blah, 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 which is completely stupid. On the other hand, if he leaves, it also gives him the opportunity to leave to the bigger market that he has obviously been wishing for. And to be able to showcase his talent as the number two uh, pick from his perspective, from his respective year. Uh, okay, I can see him leaving, but I feel like it's going to be the same everywhere. He's not going to be a star player on any other team mm-hmm. other than Winnipeg. And so he was spoiled in Winnipeg because you're not going to bench Austin Matthews, are you? And like in the markets, they're the same level. Yeah. Like Patrick Line is the Austin Matthews of Winnipeg. Winnipeg. <laughs> <laughs> um, he's not the star player in Columbus, though, so he can be benched as much as John yeah. Tortorella would like. What I don't like about it and what I think could actually be a big factor in him leaving is that he was benched not only through the last, what, eight minutes, five minutes of the third period. Mm-hmm. He was also benched through overtime. Yes. Yeah. Like That part makes absolutely no sense to me no sense because it's different when it's a full-on game but then when you're kind of analyzing who they have in terms of wingers and in terms of you know production on power play and production under pressure you know he's one of the best 
he's one of the best. So to have him like yell at him in the dressing room in between the third and overtime and then send him out on the ice. If you're doing it for the better of the team, if you're just doing it to teach the player a lesson, I I don't agree with that. And according to the NHL app, he did score a goal and an assist during that game. Mm-hmm. But he was, his plus minus was minus two and he did give away three. Yeah, the problem well, his giveaways was that, were three. The problem was that he scored a goal, but then he was on the ice for every one of Columbus, or not Columbus's. God, who were they playing? Panthers. Yeah, he was on the ice for every one of Florida's last three goals. So you kind of have to understand where Tortorella is coming from because up until that point, he probably wanted to at least get the team to overtime, which is why maybe I understand him not playing line A just because like that wasn't his best game and he didn't want him. He didn't want to take the risk probably because he still doesn't really trust him that much. That's kind of the sense I'm getting. But like Grace said, he is a talented player. I would have liked to see him at least in overtime. And I think that's where people got a bit mad was like, okay, I understand you not playing him at the end of the third, just because you want to preserve whatever's left in that game. But I feel ultimately like- you have to start, like there has to be mutual trust between a player and a coach eventually. Yeah, exactly. Like I know he's getting used to a new system. Tortorella's getting used to him as a player and it, it's going to come with time. But at the same time, like this is Patrick Line, even then though it's been 17 games in a 56 game season exactly like Like, you gotta build that trust up quick if it isn't there now when is it going to be there exactly I feel like it's one thing to bench a player um, for a shift you know teach him a lesson whatever be like yeah listen look at what's going on analyze the game a little bit better go back on the ice fix whatever problems you were dealing with before but it's another thing to completely cut them out for the rest of the game and being like, look, you deserve this because you've been so awful these past couple of games and clearly in this one game. So I'm going to teach you a lesson because, you know, I feel like it. And there's no reasoning behind that one whatsoever because you can't just, as much as we want to talk about how, you know, he obviously wasn't good against that game against Florida. You know, he's obviously not like that all the time. And I feel like it's it's very silly for him to just base him or judge him off of that one one performance. Players have off off days. You can't just expect, you know, every player, even especially your star players, to be at their A game at all times. That's too much pressure, especially for a player who just came to your team and who still doesn't understand your coaching style. When you're and when that coaching that coach is known for his you know notorious way of thinking, this is my this is my um, outreach to a member of the Columbus Blue Jackets organization. Send me your number and I will pay you whatever it takes to tell me what's going on in that dressing room. <laughs> I need to know. Honestly, if I was a player. I think I said this a long time ago that I wouldn't have been able to handle him. But if I was a player and I was confident in the way that I played, I would just stand up to John Tortorella and I'm sure he would get completely frustrated and obscenely angry. But 
if you if you're confident enough in your in your game and who you are maybe it's a weird thing to say but you can't just let anybody kind of talk to you like that even if it's your coach you kind of have to stick up for yourself and we saw Dubois do that we, we yeah. saw him do that when he was in Columbus and now he's gone well coaches deserve your respect it, there's also a level like you're equal with your coaches you're all there for the same reason I've just never understood why coaches like to be so um what's the word like they just like to make people others feel kind of inferior and like yeah like show their power and show their position but like that's not the point of sports you know no sports team will ever work under a regime like that it makes no sense your players will be one like feel scared to open up to you and like voice their opinions and their concerns they'll be like hey help me out with this and he'll just be like well look you were bad like that's not that's not a critical kind of way of viewing things in order to help your your game so I mean I've never really understood Tortorella's perspective on the way he coaches I think everybody knows that it's like an older way or an older style of coaching but I think it's dumb here's my here's my here's my hot take of the day (laughs) give it to us the Columbus Blue Jackets are gonna fire John Tortorella on May 15th May 15th why why date generator I was like end of the season Blue Jackets (laughs) in the playoffs not gonna be a good thing (laughs) well yeah I was telling the girls before the show started that I read this weird headline or something it was like something along the lines that that John Tortorella was doing this on purpose so he could get fired and then Grace what did you say I actually don't remember no I do I said that he's John Tortorella he's not going to wait to be fired he's just going to show up on a Wednesday morning with his like little brown file box with an office plant in it and leave that's what it was be like see you later guys (laughs) fix your own problems (laughs) I was trying to remember what you said there it is yeah and so I don't know the Columbus Blue Jackets I think just need a refresh I mean as much as I love John Tortorella for the content that he gives us and, um, you know, his funny one-liners and, you know, his personality off the ice, um, I just, I don't know how this team is going to go past, you know, the first round or even just past, you know, the regular season and actually succeed and try to win Can you imagine John Tortorella this season in an overtime Stanley Cup playoff game? I like, I think it's like, we all know that the Columbus Blue Jackets are a pretty good team and they have the, like the ability to get far at some point, but I don't think they'll be able to get far under Tortorella. It's just, it's not looking like it, but let's move on to another kind of situation up in Buffalo or down in Buffalo, depending where you are. Up from Columbus, down from us, I guess. <laughs> yeah, way. In Buffalo. Uh, the things you I know when about. you used to have to, like, color maps in elementary and high school? <laughs> yeah. yeah. Oh, That's just times. what popped into my head. But yeah, either way, the situation in Buffalo and with Jack Eichel and literally everybody in Buffalo with Jeff Skinner, with Eric Stahl, with Taylor Hall, really that whole team with the management 
come on. But first, we're going to specifically focus in on Jack Eichel and, you know, in his situation right now. Alessia, this is your time to shine. Yeah, so apparently... That's so unenthusiastic. I know. Like, uh, yeah. So, just to add to the misery of the Buffalo Sabres, they will be without Captain Jack Eichel for the foreseeable future, but his injury is not considered season-ending. So, I guess that's the only positive you can take that's out of that. That's a silver lining. <laughs> Your glass is half full, everyone. <laughs> oh, man. It just keeps getting better in Buffalo. Yeah, I mean, I mean, like, what is there to say other than they have just been, I don't want to say terrible, because I feel like terrible is such a mean word to say, but they've just been bad. And I think- Ah, no- yes. The lesser <laughs> synonym for terrible. <laughs> I just, they, they ha- they're not performing the way everybody thought they would perform especially with the players that they had on their roster specifically their forwards I mean I don't think anybody was expecting them to be absolutely incredible and like be the front runner for the cup but I think everybody knew that they were probably going to be in the mix somehow but I mean Eichel has only scored twice in 21 games this season and so like if that doesn't say everything, then I don't know what does. You, I read it earlier, but hearing you say it out loud just makes it so much worse. It's so and sad. He, and he always gets a, a minimum of 20 goals. He's had a minimum of 20 goals in his first five seasons. So, and Buffalo has, I think, the least amount of wins with six, unless they won another game. This just no, recently. So, I mean... <laughs> As we said last time, we're worried about the Buffalo Sabres. <laughs> oh my God, this fact right here, the Sabres last won February 23rd against New Jersey. Oh my God. That's hard. That's like a hot three weeks ago. That's, that's sad. That's rough. That is very sad. And I was, I was also telling the girls right before the show, we talk about our best things right before the show, apparently. I was reading this article on the score and it was talking about these really massive blockbuster trades that they were kind of, you know, fantasizing about. And I'm going to read them to you because they were kind of insane. The first one was being with Carolina. So Buffalo would give up Taylor Hall, Eric Stahl, and Brandon Montour. And we have to kind of acknowledge the fact that Eric Stahl is open to getting a trade. So he kind of wants out. Of Buffalo at the moment, but then to Buffalo, they would be receiving Warren Fogel, Morgan Geeky, Jack Drury, Jake Gardner, and a 2021 second rounder. So, oh, Jake Gardner. Oh, Mr. Jake Gardner. Not Alessia. I just had to say that. Sorry. <laughs> but yes, I mean, this is not a loves Jake Gardner, our favorite player ever. He'll be in the rafters. But yes, this trade, this trade is actually somewhat, I think this one we didn't really think we weren't too much, I guess, like, oh, that's a terrible trade. I think we were just kind of like, that's a, that's like, um, eh, it's whatever. <laughs> it's like a whatever trade, but no, we were talking about the New York Rangers trade. Now that, that's a big one. So the Rangers would be getting Jack Eichel, 
And then in return, the Buffalo Sabres would be getting Capo Caco, Vitaly Krapsov, Ryan Strom, Niels Lundqvist, a 2021 first rounder, a 2022 second rounder. Yep, that's silence. That's also the answer to this. That's a bold move by the score and whoever wrote up that article. <laughs> whoever you are. I don't know what you were on that time during that article, but that's a big one. That's a big one. Watch it happen. Can you imagine? Just because we hate it so much, it's going to happen. I can see that happening. It's the wraparound jinx, my friend. But yes, I mean, whatever Buffalo decides to do, it'll be it'll be newsworthy. It'll be big regardless of what they do. They have a lot of big-name players on the team. Um that they can easily trade to to get you know maybe younger players to maybe build up the system again or maybe they'll change management either way buffalo has to do something soon in order to kind of get the team back together you know you know piece those piece those missing pieces back together if that even makes sense I can't speak English today. We wrote a test at 8 a.m. this morning. You can't <laughs> yeah, we're like for any of this. I'm yeah. like, piece the puzzles, <laughs> puzzle pieces. But we're going to move on to the most exciting segment of the show today. And it's our trivia. We haven't done trivia in a hot minute, but it's the best time to do one. Kind of wake us up, get our, you know, brain flowing by brains i mean yours and alessia's because i'm not the one doing the quiz yeah i don't think it was good that we gave marjorie this much power <laughs> yeah no i told you we need it we need to quiz her one week like this is too much i'm the quiz master but yes let's do this week's quiz this week's quiz is draft edition i did not know what kind of edition to do this week but i decided to do the draft I would like oh, to tell boy. you that she didn't tell us. No, I had to ask. Doing. Yeah. I was like, can okay. you please let me know? And like half an hour ago. Do not, okay, to be completely honest, it wasn't until Alessia texted our group chat this morning. It was like, you better go easy on us on the trivia. And I was like, trivia? Oh, I shouldn't have said anything then. <laughs> I was like, trivia. And I was like, oh my gosh, I forgot to do the trivia question. <laughs> And so I did them very quickly, but I promise you, they're great questions. I don't believe you. You have to believe me. I don't believe you. I did them today. I literally did them today. So good luck. Oh, that's going to be bad. They're good questions. Hey, they're good questions. Come on. So first question. Who was the first American-born player ever to be drafted first overall. Ding. Yes. Brian Lawden. How did you know that? Because I did my research. <laughs> Grace, you're I face. didn't do any research. I settled on the fact that I'm going to answer guacamole for every single question. <laughs> but yes, Alessia got it right. It, in fact, is Brian Lawden. So, so basically, the deal with Brian Lawton. So I was looking at lists about like the worst people to get picked first overall. And he was one of them. And it's sad. sad. It is sad. And although his, his career wasn't like completely terrible, he, you know, he scored 
lots of goals and got lots of assists. Um, but it's just that after he got traded to New York Rangers because the Minnesota North Stars drafted him in 1983, it was a long time ago. Um, he was then traded to the Rangers sometime after that. And then he spent the remainder of his career jumping from the NHL to the AHL to the IHL. And um, he played for a lot of different NHL teams. And it wasn't, it just wasn't a good career for him after that. And also he was selective above players such as Pat LaFontaine, Steve Iserman, and Cam Neely. <laughs> yes. Yes. So it's a rough one for the Minnesota North Stars who are now, as well know, in Dallas. <laughs> <laughs> oh my and- god, I hate the NHL. None of this makes sense. <laughs> oh my gosh. Yes. Good. So one for Alessia. Now moving on to our second question. So which first overall pick signed a 15-year $67.5 million contract in 2006. Dang. Alessia? Oh my god, this is... Sidney Crosby? No. Oh, see, that was a wild guess. Oh yeah, we can say guacamole, can't we? That was a really guacamole. wild guess. <laughs> oh my gosh, when was... Sidney Guaxby? <laughs> is that an answer? That's a good one. You are not Googling this right now. <laughs> no, 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 no. You and I'm your looking at loud what, keys. No, I'm looking. Okay, okay. No, I was looking at what year Sidney Crosby was drafted. He was drafted in 2005. Yes, That's but why this, I was thinking Crosby. This anyway. player got drafted in 2000, but then he signed his contract in 2006. Yeah, that's why I was wrong, because usually they, they sign after the ELC is okay. finished. Do you want to know? Uh, so who was it's, drafted in 2000? It's also, it's also another first overall bust. Oh, okay. Um, you think I can recall draft picks <laughs> from the year before I was born? <laughs> this is a first overall pick? Yes. I'll give you another thing. He's a goalie. My mind only goes back to 2001 Elio Kovalchuk, and that's definitely not a goalie. And like that's not a eight goalie names just flew through my head. Oh. I knew they were wrong. <laughs> Mark Andre Fleury. <laughs> <laughs> Do you guys want to know now? Rick DiPietro. So, yeah, it's a very funny situation. So, he last played an NHL game back in the 2012 2013 season yeah. <laughs> when he was bought out. <laughs> By the Islanders, but he continues to get paid by the New York Islanders until the end of the 2028-2029 season. Yes, it's a very massive contract. And so basically, I think that was the first year that they used the compliance buyout. And so you buy out the player and you only have to pay them like half of the contract or whatever. But since it was so long, you have to double the length of the contract, but only pay them half. And so that's why he's being paid all the way until the 2029 season. 2029. We'll be 28 by then. Oh my gosh. <laughs> yes. So he has he a will... salary yearly from the NHL and he goes into play. Wow. But yes. Okay. That's so still, life. Still 1-0 Alessia. We're moving on to- understand. Why did I guess Sydney? Okay. Forget it. <laughs> like, so why sad. did I- I just heard- upset I... with herself. <laughs> I feel so dumb because literally I just heard the question like, okay, big contract. What what year was it? 2006? I'm like, okay. all right. 
Crosby was drafted just before. I didn't even have a guess, so. Crosby's the answer to everything. Okay, which of these goalies never suited up for the team they were drafted by? A, Philip Grubauer. B, Tuka Rask. C, Mike Smith. It's not Grubauer. So now you're left with Tuka Rask and Mike Smith. Ding. Yes? Mike Smith. I don't know. Nope. Oh my god, it is Tuka Rask. Okay, do you guys want me to tell you? Yeah. <laughs> so he was drafted by the Leafs. Oh, shut up. <laughs> shut up. Yes. I knew he, that. <laughs> in fact, was drafted 21st overall in 2005 by the Leafs, but then he was traded to Boston for Andrew Rycroft or Raycroft, however you want to say his name. This is why I blocked this out of my memory. Yep. And so in this article I'm reading on a website called oh The Sportster, gosh. it says that the Leafs felt that they were getting a great goalie in return in, Ry- in Raycroft, not to mention that they had thought they already had their goaltender of the future in Justin Podge or Podge, however you want to say that too, who they had picked in the third round of the 2004 NHL entry draft. So they didn't, so basically they thought that they didn't need Rask. And lo and behold, we all know how great of a goaltender Rask became. This is why I blocked that out of my memory. Yeah, it's not a good one. When I read it, I was like, the Leafs just are, you know, the best at making wrong decisions. I also completely forgot he was drafted by the Leafs because I I read that. I was going to say that and I'm like, no, I'm not going to make myself look dumb two times in this episode. <laughs> Okay, I was like, you know what? Still 1-0, Alessia. We're going to move on to our fourth question. How old was the oldest player ever drafted when he was selected? A, 42. B, 31. C, 36. Intuition check. Um, ding. Go ahead. 36. You're right. Just go in the middle. <laughs> My okay. intuition was correct. As soon as you said C, I was like, this is going to be the one. <laughs> so, yes. In fact, so Latvian player Helmut Balderis was drafted. Um, he was eligible for the draft after, because Latvia was still a part of the Soviet Union at the time. And so finally, players from the Soviet Union were allowed to be drafted in the NHL. So he was drafted by an NHL team at 36, and he became the oldest tire, oldest player to ever be drafted and the oldest player to ever score a goal at 37. And um, he only played in Minnesota for a season, and then he retired. So some interesting facts for you today. Well, we're tied. So do we get a tiebreaker? Yes, I do. Don't worry. This one's the funniest one out of all, all of them. Oh, okay. my God. Last one. Former Buffalo general manager Punch Imlach drafted an imaginary player from what country? <laughs> A. Australia. What? B. Italy. C. Japan. What kind of question <laughs> is this? A fun question. Ding. Yes. Italy. No, that's false. <laughs> Can I guess? Yes, go ahead steal it for Australia no you guys are both wrong (laughs) come on it was Japan so this is the funniest story I've ever read in my life so basically Punch Imlach 
I hated the way that the draft was run because he said it was super slow and like inefficient and um, super secretive. So he hated it. So what he did was that he created a fake player by the name of Taro Sujimoto and using uh, Buffalo's PR person, they created a fake player. uh, You know, they took someone's picture, you know, word got out to other teams about how amazing this player was in Japan um, when it was time for the Buffalo Sabres to draft their pick, that's the name that was called. And then basically later, Punch Him Like was like, psych, he's not real. I've never heard this story. Yeah, I also ever. haven't heard this story. Yeah, so it's the most incredible thing I've ever read in my life. But yeah, can you imagine being the PR person? First of all, Punch Imlac oh talks to you like, hey, can we make a fake person? Yeah, it was quite incredible. It was so funny, but I mean, it was the most amazing story I've ever read, but yes. Close the curtain, end the episode. I'm dumbfounded. <laughs> I'm so... But yes. Oh Alessia wins this week's trivia. No, it's tied. It's tied. Is it we tied? were still tied, my friend. So yes, I guess you guys are still tied. So share the, the victory between yourselves is the first shared victory I think you've had. It was one one. We're acting like we like just <laughs> tied at the Olympics or something. We just won it. Was one one shared gold medal. I mean, it's better if it's shared because Alessia always wins them somehow. Yeah, I won one. Thank you. Yeah, like one. You won the last one, didn't you? Yes. Yeah. Exactly. Either way, good job, guys. I hope you liked this you week's trivia. You gonna get any medals, Marjorie? Hey. Yeah. I, my medal is being able to create these trivia questions. Okay, if we want to, if you guys want to redeem yourselves, answer my last and final question for you, which is our favorite segment. I keep on saying every segment is our favorite segment, but this is actually my favorite segment because I love hearing your guys' picks as per usual. So this week's pick that I'm asking you guys to make is who is your most, prom- or which team is your most promising team? Bing. Yes. The Carolina Hurricanes. Good pick. Thank you any reasoning behind that oh well they won their last five and they're playing the red wings um next and so they should be able to win a couple more i believe and they are my most promising team as of 3 46 p.m today very nice (laughs) alessia um not surprising but i'm going with the colorado avalanche i think they have good depth and they are without one of their best defensemen kale mccarr right now and they're doing just fine so we mentioned the trade deadline. I think the one thing that they could potentially acquire is more goaltending talent and depth by the trade mm. deadline. So. Yeah. Totally okay, agree. so well, I think go. Alessia had more beef behind hers. I think that mine was more surprising. Yeah, it was. And therefore, I should win. I wasn't marking you guys on, on whose team you chose. <laughs> it's another tie because I agree with both of them. There are no losers in my heart here. Yeah, thanks everybody for listening. I hope you enjoyed our trivia. If you want to hear more trivia from us, let us know. I can certainly whip up some more trivia questions for these two lovelies right here. But as per usual, thank you for listening. I hope you guys enjoyed. Stay tuned for more content. As as per usual, please message us on our socials and 
ask us anything you want tell us anything you want we welcome everything we just want to talk off to you guys so thanks for listening